Hello, friend. My name is Wallace, and I'm a pastor. Today, I want to share with you something I believe to be very encouraging for us as human beings who are not perfect. Are you feeling not so perfect today? Are you feeling not so perfect today because of yesterday's fall or this morning's faults? Do you fear that you're probably going to screw up and make mistakes this evening or tomorrow? Well, my friend, the reality is, is yes, we have messed up. And yes, we probably will mess up later today or tomorrow. But that does not give us an excuse to pursue holiness and to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Today, I want to encourage you with a, a word from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. You see, this is where Paul is writing to believers, individuals who needed to hear the gospel, who may have not heard the gospel, but may have been connected to the body of Christ, the local church. But the simple fact is that Paul wanted to encourage these believers by proclaiming the gospel to them. That's the good news. The good news that Jesus is our righteousness. That Jesus paid the penalty for all of our sin. Amen? That Jesus was buried in the grave and rose again from the grave, conquering death, hell, and the grave for us on our behalf. That is the good news. That the enemy has been beaten, crushed. The head of the serpent has been stomped out. The messenger runs into the capital city to tell the people who are not in the battle, but to tell them in the city that the battle has been won. The good news is that Jesus Christ has won our battle. And so we read here in chapter 2, where Paul is talking to these believers, and he says, and I'll pick up in verse 3 and highlight verse 4 and read on a little bit past that around verse 7. So here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, it reads, For the appeal we make, Paul says, does not come from error or impurity or with deceit. He's talking about the gospel, the message of the gospel. He says this is the real deal. This is pure gold, unadulterated truth. He says, it does not come from error or impurity or with deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we declare it not to please people, but God who examines our hearts. That word approved the phrase, have been approved, is important. The phrase, by God, is important. My friend, maybe you don't feel genuine in your walk, in your faith, in your witness to the world, to your neighbor, to your friends, to your children, to your husband, to your wife, to people in church, to people on the street, wherever you may be. Maybe you just don't feel genuine. Maybe you don't feel as if you are approved 
that you have been given the okay, the go-ahead, because of your sin. Maybe you don't feel like you can continue on living your life and proclaiming the gospel. You say, who am I to proclaim this truth because of my mistakes? And so that tends to hinder us. It tends to slow us down. It's an obstacle that the enemy throws in our way saying, you are not good enough. You messed up. Who are you, you hypocrite? That's a lie from the enemy. Paul says, we have been approved. Have been is past tense. A completed action with ongoing results. So he says, I have, Paul, I have been approved. We, he's talking about other believers. We have been approved in the past. We have been examined, he says. We have been examined in order to determine our genuine genuineness. We have been put to the test. We have been examined to see that we are righteous. That we have the righteousness of Christ upon us. That we have been accepted. Therefore, we don't have to gain approval because we have been approved. And that approval that has taken place in the past, again, my friend, is an ongoing action. That approval state that Paul and others are in never ceases. And the approval is not by themselves. It's not by some other religious leader like Paul or someone else with more clout or more religious stature. He says, you have been approved. Verse 4, we have been approved by God. God has approved us. Now we know, we know when God looks at us, he know, we know we have sin. So we can, we can easily reply, well, how can God approve me? Because I know I'm not right. My friend, on the other note, if you think you are good and you think you are right, then you're in trouble. If you think your goodness and your righteousness has gained your approval, you're in trouble. The scripture very clearly here says, and in so many other, other areas in the text throughout the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, a righteousness is not something that we gain. We do not gain the approval. Christ gained that for us, by living the holy life for us, by paying for the sin on the cross for us. He then was buried and rose again from the grave, conquering hell, death, and the grave, proving his approval, being able to go now and to be at the right hand of the Father. We have been approved by God through Jesus Christ, our righteousness. You see, it's by grace, through faith, that we are saved. And so let not the enemy lie to you to tell you you're no good, not good enough, that you need to do something good to be good, to be right, so that you can do what God's called you to do. My friend, you have been approved. And, and, and yes, you need to confess your sin because sin can hinder it can quench the spirit. It can sort of hinder our efforts of proclaiming the gospel. God is not going to allow us to live a double life. You see, the Holy Spirit that resides within, if you are born again, will convict your heart and your mind to confess the sin so that you can be freed up from the sin and the weight thereof and therefore proclaim the truth with a clear conscience. But you have been approved. You are a child of God. 
And it, that approval comes by God. And you are to proclaim the gospel, the good news to others. The same gospel that encourages you, the same gospel that has saved you. You need to push forward and proclaim the gospel to the lost. My friend, do you have a desire for the lost? Do you have a desire for your neighbor? We must ask this question every single day. Do we desire to proclaim the gospel to a lost and dying world? Do we realize and understand it's the only hope they have is Jesus Christ? There's no other fix that they can go to. There's nowhere they can go but Christ alone. And you, my friend, are the messenger. And when you go out, you don't do it to please the people. In other words, not, you're not worried about saying the right things. You're not worried about saying the wrong things. You're just to proclaim the gospel, the simple gospel message, and not out of your own righteousness. And that's really a powerful thing to go with a confidence in God and a humility knowing that it's not a confidence that you can bring, but that a confidence that God has given you to go and proclaim the gospel. That's what you are to do. My friend, do you have a love for the lost? Look what it says as you read on in the text. It says, For we never appeared, verse 5, We never appeared with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness. Nor to seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Although we could have imposed our weight as apostles of Christ, instead we became little children among you. You see, friend, humbleness and humility. He said, goes on and he says, We have become little children among you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. Look at the picture of that. I just want you to see the mother who cherishes that baby, that newborn, beautiful child, precious, delicate, fragile, in need of that mother. There's nowhere else this child can go to receive the food, right? The nursing mother looks down at the child and has this deep affection and desire for the child to learn, to grow, to live. My friend, do we have the same affection for the lost, for our children, for their salvation, for our spouse if they're not saved, for our family members, for our neighbors, for our country, for our world? Do we look at the world around us with the same eyes as a nursing mother caring for her own children? May you, my friend, pray and ask God to give you a new heart, to refresh you, to give you the desire that this text is talking about for the lost so that we may proclaim it with humble confidence, happy to share the gospel because we know that it's the only hope. It's what people need. It's their only hope is Jesus Christ. So my friend, I hope that you've been encouraged, that you've been encouraged, that you have been approved by God, that you stay in a state of approval by God, that you can stand before God and worship with thankfulness that you have received the gospel, the good news, 
and that you have received and been entrusted to proclaim this same gospel, this good news, to the sinners around you. That they may too hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and upon hearing that they may believe and trust in Christ in the gospel message that you have inside of you, a broken vessel. My friend, let it pour forth into others around you. Proclaim it prayerfully. Proclaim the gospel for the glory of Christ and for the glory of God. Lord bless you. Lord keep you. And remember, you have been approved by God. Mm -hmm.